0: My name is Jenny. My daddy does this podcast with his friend, Mr. Decker. I love it when they draft superheroes. But today they're just going to talk about a bunch of TV shows that were off the
1: air before I was even born.
2: Welcome to the draft. What are we, at episode 9 now?
1: Uh, 9 or, you know, if you're funny like that, 10.
2: <laughs> yeah, we did have our very first split episode last time. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we very much enjoyed recording that for you. We were having so much fun, we just kept talking. We'll see how things go this time. You never really, We didn't plan a two-parter, it just kind of happened on us. This is at least draft number 9, if not episode number 9. There we go. <laughs> this time, we are covering television shows. This is Nick at Night. And I remember watching Nick at Night when I was pretty young and seeing shows that I thought were incredibly dull, all in black and white. And that was the only reason that I watched them at first was I didn't understand why they were in black and white. I remember, like, My Two dad or My Two Sons. or Yeah, it was My Two Sons. My Two Dads was a different show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 but but uh, yeah, my two sons, I remember that one and hating it. I remember that. And I remember not understanding Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore and all of that. But at any rate, when I watched it a little bit more, the shows were geared a little bit more towards my age and I, I enjoyed it. But now we're looking at personalizing this a little bit more. Each of us have our own brand new Nick at Night channel and all shows that are 10 years or older off the air. So not uh, their final episode must have been 2004 or before. And we have eight shows each that we're going to use to anchor our channel. So with that, Bill has the first pick. That's always my Least favorite part is when I come up with a draft and then no Bill is going to get the first pick. It takes something <laughs> I wanted, but which he often does. But let's see, Bill, how are you are going to kick off your Nick at Night styled channel?
1: Well, here's the thing: is that you want you want a show that uh, has an ongoing storyline, and and you want it so people come back, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Week after week, but here, here's the rule on cable television: there's one genre that rules cable television. Okay, and that genre is professional wrestling. <laughs> so I, I'm going to. I had to pick a defunct wrestling show. Uh huh. But know that I can show it chronologically. Uh huh. And perhaps draw people in that never saw it, that may have heard of some of the people or have even seen them as they moved on to other organizations. Uh huh. And would like to see some of their earlier stuff to see how their character evolved. Mm hmm. And so I'm going to pick uh, ECW TV.
2: <laughs> that, of course, was on my list. And I even had a. Nifty little way. I was going to intro that one. I was going to make it sound like I was talking about Boy Meets World, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yep, that one was without a doubt taken out from underneath me. That was obviously one of my favorite television shows in general. I was a huge fan. In fact, I've gone back and watched. And just a recommendation: when you start playing this for your for your channel, you may want to start not at the beginning. But in 1995, because I watched some of that old stuff like and it wasn't it wasn't that great at the very beginning. And then 1995, all of a sudden they really hit their stride and got amazing for five years or so. And I mean, you could just run five years over and over and be fine and not have to worry about the the bruise brothers, Ron and Don Harris, just forearm clubbing people for 10 minutes. At least wait until the public enemy shows up. But what a great show! And yeah, that that one you knew you were taking out from underneath. Yes, me. I did. Yeah. So good call taking it first.
1: Yeah, it was it was. Uh, here's the thing: is uh, that that's a show I've never actually seen. I, I've seen some of it on the well on the WWE network for just nine ninety <laughs> nine a month.
2: We really should be getting checks from them.
1: <laughs> we should, but. uh, so so I've seen some of it, you know, but not in any sort of order or anything like that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, because because I remember, um, man, a long time ago, ESPN used to replay old, uh, man. It wasn't even WCW yet, mm. but just old, uh, old wrestling shows mm-hmm. they used to replay. And I remember watching them. and going, Oh my goodness, <laughs> that that dude in blue trunks, and that's it. <laughs> Is the Undertaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just moments like that where you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. But you could already start to see some of his moveset. Right. Red you know, hair and. <laughs> exactly. You know, and just stuff like that. Even today, a local TV station uh, plays old uh, AWA. Oh, okay. Matches. And, and just to see. Stuff like you know Scott Hall and, <laughs> with the uh, big old mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and no body hair. <laughs> oh, they made him shave it. <laughs> exactly.
2: He must have gone through yeah. like three razors every time.
1: <laughs> I think that's where he came up with the persona. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> Razor of <remote. laughs> uh, Yeah, but uh, but but just to see those guys that young. Yeah. And, and that new in their craft.
2: And it was breaking ground this this ECW show. You, the style that you see even now where they'll haul out tables or work really fast. I mean that's that you listen to Jim Ross's podcast which I've plugged on Twitter. It's a great podcast. I know you've been you you've listened to it some too. Yeah. And it's it's a really good show, but one thing he talks about is people working too fast. Well, blame ECW. That's that's one of the things that they picked up is moving that plodding pace to a almost frenzied level especially when they would do chain wrestling where they would work back and forth and then both come to come back, back up standing face off against each other and the whole place would erupt. That's ECW started that. The whole diving out of the the ring and stuff I know happened in Mexico but ECW brought it to the United States. So there was that's that whole style you could watch evolve over the course of that show. Yeah. I, you severely, uh, bothered me with your pick. Yes.
1: <laughs> no mission accomplished.
2: <laughs> no surprise. You can right? just stop
1: now if you want. Uh, well. <laughs> we went from our longest episode to our shortest. <laughs> yeah, right. And
2: I'm going to cut it into four pieces just to say, yeah <laughs> well for my first of eight a lot of shows I've noticed are based out of New York and I suppose that's because you know if the Marvel Universe has anything to say about it it's constantly in peril but this isn't a Marvel show so maybe they're not constantly in peril we'll we'll see I don't know growing up I always heard that New York was terrifying so it always (laughs) made sense that you needed Spider-Man there but at any rate, I like ensemble casts that you've heard me talk many times on this podcast about the show Leverage. That one I can mention because it's not old enough, but I love the ensemble cast. You get a group of different actors, you can highlight different ones, and it's, it's really helpful with storytelling that you got the interplay going on with all of them. And as you highlight one, another become you know, plays a a side role, and and there's just a lot going on that you can follow. You're not even just following one character the whole time, and this is one of the first shows to really play with that ensemble cast in a big way. A, a group of of six of them, buddies, or or you might say friends.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: That
1: <laughs> <laughs> was on my list. Okay. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it's a great show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it made me laugh, <laughs> and it's one of the few shows that because there's a lot of American TV shows that we ripped off from the British. Yep. This is one of the few shows that the British ripped off from us. Huh? And they called it Coupling. Okay. And I I happened to catch it on BBC, and and I'm actually rewatching it on Netflix now. Okay. And and yeah, the the parallels, it took me uh, three or four episodes before I looked at my wife and says, Holy cow. This is friends. <laughs> that guy, so and so. That guy, so and so. That guy, so and so. And she's so and so and so and so and so and so. They they don't meet in a coffee shop. They meet in a bar.
0: But, but
1: the bar is one of the settings that they're always in. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And, and it's one of the it's one of the few shows that actually work the opposite way. That's
2: that's really interesting. I actually didn't know that at all. That's cool.
1: And uh, an interesting piece of. Uh, trivia, is that the show was written by now famous Doctor Who writer, Stephen Moffat.
2: Okay. Okay. Did he have something to do with uh, Sherlock, too? I've seen the name recently.
1: and I, I, just, I don't know, but okay. it wouldn't surprise me.
2: Okay. <laughs> I could be completely wrong. I just know I've seen that name recently, and and Sherlock is one of the shows I was looking into recently. So I've, I've watched it all, but it's it's one of those ones that that uh, I was IMD being
1: right. The the great thing about Friends is that yet at least I never got the sense when it was on that it ever jumped the shark. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It it, it it stayed high quality for its entire run. Hmm. I
2: haven't and, seen it in a while, but it's it seemed like even last time I saw it, it it was still holding up.
0: Yeah,
1: I every once in a while I'll just pop in for an episode or even part of an episode because I've seen most of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just, Oh, this is funny. <laughs>
2: you
1: know, and then, and then I'll move on.
2: <laughs> yeah. That show had a lot of moments that yes. that you could point back to. I mean, I remember the TV guide that, that came for Chenandler bong and all of that. It, like that's the kind of stuff that just, I, I remember watching that and that's, I don't have a great memory, so for me to <laughs> remember a moment is, is kind of a big deal, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, that's a that's a nice solid pick. I that think, was part of NBC, you know, must see TV, right? Lineup, yeah, and, and it was really one of the anchors of that lineup. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's going to yeah. anchor my lineup. <laughs> that's a, exactly, that's a great show. Okay, so my second pick. Yep. This one I'm gonna go in a totally different direction from my first pick.
2: <laughs> okay, so you're not just gonna do your own WWE Network, is what you're saying? Nope. Okay. No, I'm not. Okay. For available for nine ninety nine, by the way. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one uh, when this came out, it was it was critically acclaimed for its uh, for its style. Okay. And for its content. And even though uh, on the surface, people thought that this was a show that would have been geared towards kids, it quickly picked up an adult audience. Hmm. And it was was highly rated and and really kicked off the whole next generation of uh, TV shows like it. Okay the TV show is Batman the animated series.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah, that that was a, a high quality show. We actually got that for my son for his for his birthday last year and we've been working our way through the, the we got him the first season and we've been working our way through that. It's a really good show. It's I mean, you can feel the the Tim Burton influence. It's it's dark. I mean, the Frank Miller influence is all over it, of course. And yeah, I mean, it's, it is something that right now my wife and I can watch and would watch even without the kids because it's that solid. The storytelling is fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was, it was so well done and it really set the the bar for other animated, uh, especially superhero shows that would follow. Yeah. And it, it had this kind of, uh, a different kind of an art style. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but
2: it just worked very, very well. And the music—I—I I didn't realize this when I watched it. When it was, you know, I, I watched it when it originally aired, but I watch it now, and I'm just amazed at how much the music does for that show. It's—it's it's orchestral all the way through. There's never silence unless it's very intentional. And they have each character has its own has their own theme. I mean, the Joker theme runs through my head which probably says something, but (laughs) that's something that I regularly have going, going through my head. It's one of those earworms that I get almost weekly. And I just, it's such a, that one and Batman's theme, of course, just so iconic, such a great, great show with amazing storytelling. And each character was vivid. And yet the whole thing was, was dark and gritty. Just, breakthrough for for children's television and breakthrough for cartoons and break, breakthrough for superhero stories on
1: television. Yeah, it, it, it also, it was one of those, uh, you know, besides uh, Mel Blanc, the guy that did all the uh, Warner Brothers
0: mm-hmm.
1: cartoons, um, this really kind of put voice actors back on the map mm. of who is that? <laughs> yeah, you know, because Kevin Conroy became a household name mm. a, a year or so into this because his voice was so distinctive. Okay. For for that Batman. Uh huh. Where all of a sudden the voice actors became uh, vogue again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a and even the uh, the uh, TV movies that they made out of this series. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just phenomenal Oh yeah yeah. It's a, it's a great, great
2: show yep. So for, for my second pick I am not leaving New York I am not leaving the comedy genre And I'm not leaving the ensemble cast Got a show This time based around four Neurotic individuals We, we had six of them in the previous one This one is largely based around four and they also meet not at a coffee shop but at a at a diner or a cafe but a lot of a lot of their stuff happens in and around all over New York and even involving the the New York Yankees actually which you know every time I would see that I would cringe just a little bit being a Red Sox fan but this show they like to say was about nothing but largely it was Actually, about interplay, interaction between four insane people. Gotta have Seinfeld.
1: That's a great pick. It's a... I I loved that show. Uh Uh-huh. Except for the final episode.
2: (laughs) I think I'm one of, like, five people on the planet that that was okay with the final episode. I thought those people probably should have been locked up long before they were.
1: (laughs) It was uh, I, I found the final episode to be a slap in the face of everybody that enjoyed the show. Okay, <laughs> where, they, where they said, "Yeah, why? Why do you like these people so much? They're jerks." Shame on you. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> but they were jerks. <laughs> I think. I think we liked them because, in some ways, we lived vicariously through them. Nobody. They were all turned up to eleven. Every single character on that show was a personality that exists in reality, but cranked way beyond what you normally see outside of a mental hospital. But when you'd see them encounter that annoying person and they just treat them lousy, you're like, there's been times in my life I've wanted to do that. You know, working, working retail, like I did for so many years. There are times you wanted to say unkind things and you just didn't. But they just come out and do it and they just don't care and they go happily on their way you know until they discover that their girlfriend has man hands or something ridiculous but that was a show of moments i mean that show created memes practically
1: yeah exactly exactly it it was a show that uh, developed catchphrases mm-hmm. without than becoming catchphrases on the show.
2: I know that's what's so amazing about it. They'd say it for one episode, but everyone else will say it for the rest of their lives.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and, and that's uh, where the brilliance of that show really was: was that it it didn't even get caught up in its own self. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, it's true. For as successful as it was, and yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I I love this show. <laughs> And, and, yeah, I would I would still watch it today from time to time.
2: Right, yeah. Just, you know, you f- flip the TV on at one in the morning, it happens to be on, and you're still awake, then why not, you know? Yeah, watch an
1: episode of Seinfeld. All right. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. That's a nice pick. I like it. All right, thanks. Oh, number three. Number three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be really broad based and eclectic. Sure. In uh, in what I'm picking. hmm So uh, this one is a uh, this was uh, well this is a TV show that's probably more popular today than when it was on TV. Okay. And that's why I want it back on TV.
2: Yeah, that makes sense
1: <laughs> because. Because I think it's just going to draw people uh, to my network. Okay. And uh, another uh, ensemble cast. Alright. Um, not based in New York.
0: <laughs>
1: they weren't <laughs> but, all based there. <laughs> right. But uh, based, uh, well, on a ship. <laughs> and that ship had a well, it didn't have a... The ship had a name, but it had a classification. All right. That that it was known by. And it was a Firefly-class ship. <laughs> 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 and, and that's the show I want.
2: Firefly's a great choice just from the standpoint of people who love it watch it over and over and over again already. So putting it on television, despite the fact that it was only... What a season and a half, or something like that. Fourteen episodes. Not even a season and a half. Wow. Okay. So half a season. Half basically. a season. That's and yet it's huge. There's comic books that sell well. There's all kinds of merchandise, and you go to a comic con, and you're going to see a bunch of people dressed as Mal. It's it's a great pick, and people will people already watch that over and over and over again. So you put it on the air. And people who have heard about it are going to check it out, and exactly. it's going to grow even more. And who knows? Maybe eventually we'll we'll get gray haired Mal Reynolds in
1: in a reboot or right, remake. Right? Because it's a thing with the uh, Firefly. Firefly was a much truer rendition of what Gene Roddenberry pitched to the networks when he made Star Trek. Huh? He described Char- Star Trek as a uh, Wagon train to the stars, a space western, huh? But then he went totally sci-fi with it.
2: Yeah, it was more Where, space military
1: the way they did exactly. It. Where Firefly is a space western.
2: Yeah, it's a western that takes place in space, as opposed exactly. to exactly a space and that a space thing that deals with western topics. It was it was a full-on western. That people just rode ships instead of horses.
1: Exactly. And, and that was some of the brilliance of it. Was yeah. The juxtaposition mm-hmm. of uh, those two genres. Yeah. Just mashed together and masterfully, masterfully done.
2: And a great ensemble cast. So many characters yeah. to love in there. I mean, weirded out by some of them. You know, River was bizarre and you appreciated book and I loved Jane just thought he was great and wash wash was phenomenal just a lot of great characters on that show and it's it just blows me away there was only 14 episodes that's that's amazing that it's It's, so
1: huge yeah wow but yeah there's literally more people that like this show now than when it aired. Oh, absolutely. true. Because people are like, you have to watch this show, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and set them down in front of a TV and turn on the
2: DVD player. That's how it (laughs) happened for us. My wife's sister gave it to us and said, you know, you need to watch this. And, and she was right. I mean, there, there was a whole lot in those 14 episodes.
1: Yeah. Such a shame. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very true. But, uh, you just have to, if I'm going to have a network, that show's going to be on it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a quality draw to get people in watching your show and then put something else after it that, that'll keep them watching. But that's a draw right there, for sure. Mm-hmm. For my third pick, I am also going to the future. But the not-too-distant future... From what I understand, it's next Sunday A.D. is what they tell us. But this is a show where they watch other shows, or movies, actually. A show where a a man is trapped in a spaceship, a bone-shaped spaceship with two robots he made himself. And they watch terrible movies and make fun of them the whole time, which is the real reason you watch it. It's Mystery Science Theater 3000.
1: Yeah, this is another one of those shows where I didn't know what you were going to pick, but <laughs> yes. I knew you were going to pick that. <laughs> for sure. Eventually. That's right. That was going to be on your list. <laughs> and, uh, that was one of those shows where it was just, uh, where I was mm-hmm. when it was on and how old I was for whatever reason, that show just never really clicked for me. Mm hmm. But I, I've seen it, and I get how it clicks for others. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, it's a that's a show where people are gonna are gonna flock to, and 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 enjoy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's it's just gonna be a bunch of uh, <laughs> it's it's the it's the show that. Got the idea for riff tracks.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, and riff tracks is done by some of the same
1: people. Exactly. So it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's what we've all done.
2: <laughs> That's right
1: <laughs> in our own living rooms. Yep. So, but uh,
2: you and I, I mean, would do that I mean, watching wrestling.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it's 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 one of those shows that people are gonna track into mm-hmm. just because it's 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 almost interactive yeah you you, you can actually join in yep (laughs) (laughs) and
2: And that makes it. it even more fun if you've got a few other people around to watch it with that was that was one of my favorite things to do with a with a friday night like we would sometimes hang out and have game nights or or you and i would hang out but one of the things that uh that i enjoyed doing was uh on a big screen in a big room just me and my friend Tim Bright, hi Tim, he's a listener, uh, <laughs> watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 and, and drinking Mountain Dew and, and eating sunflower seeds and, and choking on them because the show was so funny.
1: So yeah, that's a, I'm starting to get a theme for your network a little bit. I don't know if, <laughs> if, if it's planned out this way. If it's all comedy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah it's comedy heavy that's for sure and that's fine that, that's good because <laughs> that means a lot of my picks are going to be sick
2: <laughs> my next one would not have been would not have been comedy it would have been wrestling
1: <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of next right uh, my, my next pick it, it was a long running show okay It ran for like uh, 14 years. So that's a whole lot of episodes. Yeah. And uh, another uh, ensemble cast. Not based in New York. (laughs) 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 But uh, it it was a comedy. Although from time to time they would take on serious subject matter. Okay. Okay. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, and it was a comedy that was set in a situation where you wouldn't think a comedy should happen. Okay. Because when, when people think of, uh, I'm with Korea, you. they yep. don't think of <laughs> haha funny,
2: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> but, uh, this, this TV show was uh, developed out of a movie. And I think even the movie was developed out of a Broadway play.
2: Which was developed out of a book.
1: Right. So, <laughs> but then it became uh, a smash TV hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it became the show Mesh.
2: I remember seeing so many episodes of that show and not getting it. Because my grandpa would watch it and I was like 10. And I, all I knew is there was people cutting other people and then they would say stuff and people would laugh and I didn't know why. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, that was a joke about a mixed drink. That's why I didn't, you know, or whatever it is. But that was one that was very much geared towards that, a certain age range and hit that so well. I mean, for the longest time, their, their final episode was like the most watched thing on TV and it still hits those top lists it's it's huge it was a it was a cultural television show it, as far as it impacted culture you, we talked about how seinfeld did mash did in a different way and and yeah it was a it was a comedy it was meant to meant to produce laughs but it very uniquely touched some some uh, tender spots for people like when that when that uh oh commander of whatever rank he was left the show uh, they instead of just having him leave the show, they had everybody say their goodbyes he gets helicoptered away, and then they come back and say it was shot down and he died
1: <laughs> yeah, yep Colonel Blake,
2: oh my goodness
1: yeah, I know just devastating,
2: yeah. Yeah, just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and and so they would bring you back into the reality of war in ways like that that just were remarkable that they could still make a funny show.
1: Yeah, it, it was just and they did it over and over again. Yeah, not not quite that dramatically, right? You can only do that so much, but over and over again, mm-hmm. they would have this slapstick type of a comedy thing going on. And then all of a sudden they would get serious on you. Right. Within the same episode. You're just like, well, what
2: <laughs> <laughs> What just happened?
1: Yeah. You know, and, uh, it, it's such an interesting TV show because <laughs> they, they said it in Korea, mm-hmm. but it was a satire of Vietnam.
2: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, but it, that's one of those shows I can still watch today, and even though I've seen some of those episodes many times, they, they, I still enjoy them.
2: That, that is a show that, yeah, you, you got 14 years worth of stuff to play, and people would still watch it for sure. And it might resonate with people in a new and different way, given some of the more recent events that have happened. So that that could be a great one to haul back out right now.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, it's kind of like how you want uh, shows to have that kind of a uh, it feels real mm-hmm. sometimes, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that show, even though it was you know made in the in the seventies, when and the eighties, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know? that uh, and it still has that look. It still. You know the the poignancy is still there. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and it it's still the message that it wanted to send on certain subjects still resonates. Yeah. And and the slapstick is still slapstick. Right. And it's still funny. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's one of my favorite canceled shows. Yeah. Of all time.
2: Yeah, and it would, it would go great on a network like this. It's a great choice. Well, for my fourth pick, since ECW is off the table, I am still grinding my teeth about that, we are going to go instead to the realm of superheroes. Now, you brought up Batman, and that Batman the Animated Series, in a lot of ways, is my favorite version of Batman. This might actually be my favorite version of a character that honestly I didn't really care for. But the show was pretty entertaining. It almost had a soap opera feel to it. It was funny, it was it was witty, and yet it still had the superhero stuff going on and it wasn't too over the top as this character can sometimes be. But it was it was the first big look that that at least I had seen. I, I hadn't heard of either of these these actors before. Maybe they were on, I don't know, soap operas or something before that. But uh, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher came together on Lois and Clark.
1: Yep. That was uh, one of those shows where, especially when it came out, where, you know, Superman was back on TV. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And here you had a guy that... Didn't have... I mean, Dean Cain was a good-looking guy.
0: hmm
1: And he was muscular, ex-football player. hmm But he didn't necessarily have that classic Superman look. Sure. Especially after, you know, Christopher Reeves. Yeah. And whatnot. But yet, it worked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they you know, uh, special effects were just starting to come around <laughs> to where you could actually do a character like Superman justice mm-hmm. when you put him on TV and and but, but I think the thing that really sold that wasn't the special effects mm-hmm. it was the relationship between Lois and Clark
2: absolutely, it's a very well named show, it's it was actually, Superman was sometimes even a side issue. It was, how are these two going to be able to talk to each other after this incident? Or, what's she going to say to him when he comes back in the room after this? It's just, it was it was very much about the interplay between the two of them. And they, they did a really good job keeping that as the focus and not allowing those characters to really become obnoxious like a show following two people being stupid around each other can get
1: sometimes <laughs> they did it well. Yeah, they did. It was, it was a well done show and it, uh, followed the, cause you knew eventually they, they have to hook up. Right. They have to. Mm-hmm. And it was just all that tension of, well, how is it going to happen? Right. And how are they going to do it? And, and all those types of things. Mm hmm. <laughs> And yeah, it was, uh, again, it it was the whole play uh, between uh, Lois and Clark that was the really big thing. Right. And which I thought was genius
0: Mm -hmm.
1: about the show was that it it was, you know, Lois and Clark. (laughs) Yeah. It it wasn't, uh, you know, the further adventures of Superman. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was Lois and Clark. It's a very and,
2: fresh take.
1: Uh, uh, that's what made it so great. Yeah. And, quite frankly, the guy that played Lex Luthor.
2: <laughs> he was very good. He was very good.
1: Yeah, actually Because, you know, foil. the villains always make the hero.
2: That's absolutely true. <laughs> Especially when your hero is... Now, again, this... Superman was not as vanilla as sometimes Superman is, but you need a good bad guy to make Superman seem interesting/slash threatened, and that was done well on this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I like it. Well, number five, we're we're into the uh, the bottom half of this draft. Number
1: five. I'm going to go with another ensemble. Okay. (laughs) That is not based in New York. (laughs) This is is another one that's based in outer space. Okay. It had top line uh, writing. Not really the most well-known actors. Okay. But it had, at the time... It started to feature some state of the art uh, special effects <laughs> because it was one of the first shows, especially on TV, that had a lot of CGI stuff, uh-huh. CGI animation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially on stuff that happened in outer space mm-hmm. outside of the ship. But it was also, it had, to, it had this awesome storyline. And you didn't realize you had this awesome storyline happening until probably the second season. Sure. You're like, Oh, holy cow! <laughs> this is overarching. Oh yeah. But a ton, tons of just great characters in it. And it was all on this space arc, basically a floating city state out in the middle of nowhere.
2: Did, did you make this pick number five to be ironic? <laughs> or just to steal my fifth pick
1: <laughs> I am talking you, you guessed it I'm talking about Babylon 5
2: once again stabbed in the gut <laughs> I loved that show that was a phenomenal show and man I loved the cast I loved I, I didn't get the whole why people were so I started watching the second season and I didn't get why people were so bent out of shape about the first captain leaving. But then I went back and watched it from the from the beginning. And I was upset about the first captain leaving by the end of the first season. And but I loved how they brought him back into things. And they, they clearly had this whole this whole plan all the way through that unfortunately they had to do weird stuff and end it in the fourth season and then kind of dink along for the fifth season because they were told oh no we're canceling your fifth season oh wait things went well here have it back and they wrapped up their storylines in, in exactly. the, into the fourth season but that was just one of those shows that once I discovered it I watched it all the time exactly I was, I was not into Star Trek that wasn't that wasn't my thing I was I was really more into the let's see every episode influence every future episode. And I've always liked that. That's always yep. been a draw for me. And this was the sci-fi show
1: that really did that. And that was why it would have been my fifth pick. Yeah, it was, a, it was just, the storyline was a phenomenal. Yeah. And it, it was written by a J. Michael, uh, Straczyns- I want to slaughter his last name, uh, Straczynski. Yep. No, you got it. And uh, who is now a quite well-known comic book writer. Oh, what's he writing? Well, he's he's written a lot of things. Um, my favorite work of his, of course is Thor. Okay. all right, but, but yeah he's he's written quite a few uh, different titles. Very cool. and he's made that transition. but uh, but yeah, just the, the characters. Yeah. And there was no, for for having an ensemble cast as large as that one was, mm-hmm. there was no unimportant, every character had depth. Yeah, yeah. Every character had a backstory.
2: Yeah. And their own faults that could... could be a major issue in an episode or would be used against the character but their own strengths that when certain things needed to be done made them the go-to person it was just
1: it was great I, I loved yeah. that show and and even people that uh, they set up you know within that ensemble to be uh, the quote bad guys uh-huh. would would have times where oh no they're actually heroes
2: yeah that's right <laughs>
1: And it was, it was just a, yeah, just some great, great story, storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, one of my, again, one of my favorite shows.
2: Yeah. Same here. Same here. Well, I, that was going to be my first non-comedy pick. And since I don't have that on the board any longer, I'm going to go back to comedy. Just. It's just going to be that kind of thing, I guess. (laughs) So, there have been a lot of shows that were prank shows. And I didn't, like, like I liked some of them. A lot of my thought was, were goofy or I would just feel bad for the people involved. I mean, I I remember I liked Ashton Kutcher's show that was like that. But Candid Camera kind of was not my, to my tastes. But I remember seeing one that it was actually on for five or six years and it would just involve one guy doing all of the pranks and he would just, he would wear different uh, makeup or wigs or that kind of stuff to cover up who he really was, but really more to get him into the character that would make sense for whatever role it was because he wasn't a highly recognizable person. But I, I, this show was was often known by by three letters. It, it would always pop up on, on the screen when it was coming up. It was J K X, and it was it was the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Hmm. Not familiar with that one, huh?
1: No, I'm not. Well, yes and no. Okay. When when you said it, I recognized the name. Hmm. And uh, but uh, did I ever watch it? No.
2: If you get a chance,
1: watch a couple of
2: episodes, because he had an amazing way of being hilarious and creating an awkward situation that didn't make the person feel stupid, I didn't think. And when someone felt stupid, I felt bad for them. But he just managed to create genuinely funny situations that, that worked. And, I mean, the reason punk worked is you were fine with celebrities feeling stupid. But right. he, he was doing those with everyday people largely. And, and it was just, it was just funny, just genuinely funny.
1: Huh? Okay. Well, it's, you know, here's the thing, because there's a, there's a lot of shows that were like that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's still shows like that on now. Yeah. And, uh, so if it's anything like those, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, because every once in a while, it's not something I, I tune, tune into every time it's on. Right. But every once in a while, I'm just like, ah, eh, let's see what they're doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
2: that's how I discovered it.
1: You know, and, and you watch a bit. And for me, that's, okay, I'll, I'll watch a bit. All right. And now I'm moving on. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, every once in a while, you just see what they're up to. <laughs> and and that, that I can appreciate mm-hmm. a, a great deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I. You just uh, go ahead. Oh, it's it's just a,
2: a a show that that yeah, it's a series of sketches, really. But it's a series of sketches where most of the cast doesn't realize they're involved in a sketch, and and that's where a lot of the fun is. is <laughs> you know what what she was about to drop, but but they have no idea. But yeah, I just I, I enjoyed his his
1: take on the genre. Cool. It it sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if you were really running a TV show and you explained it to me like that, I would check it out. <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> okay, number six. Number six. Ay. ay, 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 ay. I think with number six. Gonna, this show was extremely popular. Okay. And uh Again, uh, the writer of the show already has a show on my network. Okay. So I'm double dipping on him. But, <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to double dip, you double dip some of the best. Uh huh. <laughs> I,
2: I, I've got a pretty good guess as to which person you're doubling up on.
1: But, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a show that uh, had a spinoff come off in Usually spinoffs do not work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the spinoff worked too. Mm. And but you know it was a story about this little cheerleader that at night would just kill vampires like you do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, so you. Yeah, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
2: I figured if you were doubling up on anyone, it'd be Joss Whedon. And uh-huh. if you're going to double <laughs> up on Joss Whedon, that's got to be the second pick out of his television shows. Yep. And now I have not seen more than maybe five minutes here or there of that show. And it's one that I, I've i kind of intended to pick up. And largely, like we talked about before, I think even, even on the podcast, that Joss Whedon saying that character was based largely off of Kitty Pride, who's one of my favorite characters of any genre. And so I kind of want to watch it just to see what the tie-in is. And I expect it's going to be pretty limited. I mean, I, I doubt she's from Deerfield, Illinois, or anything like that. But just just the idea of this tough female lead that that he always knew Kitty Pride could be. And so he put it into, into this character in this story. And I'm curious how it plays out. So that's, it's one I haven't seen, but one that is highly regarded and one I do actually want to check out.
1: Right, yeah. It's, a, it's one of those shows, again, that just has a cult following. Sure. You know, and uh, yeah, if again, for me, it's, it's the eclectiveness of it. It's a show that's not like anything else i would have on my network Hmm. so it it fills that niche of uh getting in a whole different uh, you know maybe they watch buffy maybe they watch what comes on next Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) you know so so yeah it's a definitely a, a thought process that i'm having of you know how many different kinds of people can i get watching my network right yeah and uh and that's a that's a show that definitely fits the bill.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'll I'll probably check it out in the near future anyway. Even even though I can't catch it on your network because all I have is Netflix. So, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's on there. But anyway, for my sixth pick, since since you took ECW, have I mentioned that bothers me? <laughs> I I'll I'll have a different sports type television show. Now this one has been remade and I'm not talking about the remake I'm talking about the one that ended in 1996. It was a it was a game show, really, a competition that in some ways was between two people, but in some ways was against them and a group of other people. And what would happen is they would be these people would be put into situations where they would have to do some sort of athletic competition that was usually A little ridiculous. Huge hamster balls, for example. And trying to get them into little circles that would shoot smoke into the hamster ball. And just ridiculous things like that. But while these big, strong athletes are in other hamster balls trying to ram them. It sounds insane. I realize that. But it was a lot of fun to watch. Big hair and all. American gladiators.
1: (laughs) I hate to admit it, <laughs> but that, that show was one of my guilty pleasures. I loved you know, it. It was. It was. It was a show that used a bunch of people that couldn't make it as professional wrestlers, <laughs> <laughs> but so they got cast into this show, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, but yeah I, I enjoyed watching it you know it just watching these uh, normal sized people
0: yep. <laughs> to
1: take on these uh, uh, let's say enhanced sized people <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> and yeah <laughs> but it was fun yeah you know and it was just see, and it really wasn't I didn't really care who competition right it was no can they beat these gladiators that's That's the only thing i was interested in seeing
2: yep yeah that was the best part once they got to the end and they were just running that obstacle course and that was my least favorite part because then it was just more them against each other it was all the stuff that led up to it the the joust and and that that uh, one where all the rings were hanging, and they had to get across on the on those rings swinging, and right. and my favorite one was the one where the person had like the huge tennis ball gun, and was trying to shoot these people with high velocity tennis balls, right. while they were trying to hit right. this target, and uh, if they did, the gladiator would then just get launched on this bungee cord, like it was insane, but it was a <laughs> lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I, I think some of the Joust yeah. was some of the most spectacular <laughs> balls.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah, just people getting drilled by muscular monsters.
1: And, but but then watching them win. Yeah. You know, it was <laughs> amazing when they won. <laughs> yep, yeah, that that show was one of my guilty
2: pleasures. <laughs>
1: yeah. Speaking of guilty pleasures, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> my, that's
0: what my number seven pick is. Okay,
1: and, uh, this is one of those shows where, at the time, there were several shows like this. Okay, and I think it's because it we're made by the same people.
2: Oh, okay, <laughs>
1: and it was on the same network. All right, because some of the characters would be on
0: would guest star.
1: Okay. <laughs> on the other show.
0: <laughs> and it, it was, uh, it was, it was a, it was a period piece. And, uh, not what you mm. can call an ensemble cast, uh-huh.
1: but you know, two or three people were the leads of the show.
0: Uh huh.
1: And, uh, it was just uh, following the adventures of, of this, uh, of this, uh, Person and their sidekick (laughs) as they went through the world writing wrongs. Uh huh. And uh, now I just described both of the shows that I'm talking about. (laughs) 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 But my guilty pleasure one uh huh was Xena, Warrior Princess. Okay. That was
2: the one I didn't see I, I didn't see the Lucy Lawless one I saw the Kevin Sorbo right uh, Hercules because I'm I'm pretty confident that was the other one you were referring yep, to
1: exactly
2: but but I, I think I have a really good feel for what that show probably was by having watched Hercules
1: yes you did
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep you did it's a, like I said it's a guilty pleasure show
0: uh-huh
1: and doesn't necessarily... Uh, stand up the test of time.
2: Oh, it was cheesy then, I'm sure. I mean, Hercules was cheesy then, but oh, it was yeah. still fun. But, it,
1: but it's even uh, me and my wife watched a couple of episodes, <laughs> and uh, in the episode, <laughs> in the, one of the episodes we watched, she was supposedly lost that uh, uh, that circular plated thing. Okay, chakra, her chakra.
2: Okay,
1: she, you know, she was. Uh, Sleeping at these folks' place, and she snuck out in the middle of the night and forgot it. Okay. But then, <laughs> then you see a scene later on where she's not supposed to have it. Uh huh. And, and, and it's just a stock, one of those stock scenes that they put in. Uh huh. You know, oh, we needed a picture of Xena riding. <laughs> and sure enough, there's a shock <laughs> on her hip. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. To drop the ball on
2: <laughs> you wonder if they even noticed, or if they did notice and just said ah. right Exactly.
1: But, but yeah, it was, but but I watch it now, and I almost go uh, mystery science thing. Yes, <laughs>
0: you know. Because it's just a, the inaccuracies and and then like <laughs> continuity sometimes <laughs> it,
1: It's just fun.
2: <laughs> nice, nice. Well, that would be fun for people to uh, to relive even now, even uh, even in all its cheesy glory.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely one of my guilty pleasure picks. <laughs>
2: Well, for my seventh pick, nearing the end here, got a show that ensemble cast is certainly a theme here, but that tends to just be what I like in general, and clearly tends to be what you're you're drawn to a show like that too, it seems. And this cast, it being my seventh pick, it had it had seven people that were the ensemble cast because they knew they would be my seventh pick one day, <laughs> and. Eventually, they hit that jump-the-shark period, and so they had the mother—it was a family of of seven, and they had the mother get pregnant. And so, of course, she had to get pregnant with twins, so the seven still worked, because now there's seven kids. But it was one of those shows that was pretty early on for me in, in watching just family drama-type shows. It, it wasn't really meant to be funny. It It was— Interpersonal conflict and conflict resolution, and it sounds really boring when I explain it that way. But I I enjoyed watching the ongoing uh, situations that this this family got into. the The father was a pastor, and the kids seemed like they could have been pastors' kids, given how uh, they would often try to leave the house in inappropriate clothes and whatnot, like that. But uh, the show I'm talking about is Seventh Heaven.
1: Oh, it's a interesting pick. Yeah, I I've actually seen the show. Okay. So, yep it's, uh, it 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 was it was a solid show, and it it was one of those shows again. It was kind of a I couldn't bring myself to watch a soap opera. Uh huh. But this was a very close second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like we have both watched versions of soap operas without actually watching a soap opera, right? <laughs> Including wrestling, for that matter. Uh, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but yeah, that, that was a that was a solid show, and uh, I mean, it still gets replayed. Yeah, you know so. They're not gonna. Not every show does.
2: So. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. So no. yeah, that's a that's a that's a solid pick. I can under. I can understand why you would like it, and I can <laughs> understand why why people would would watch it still.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's got that draw of you know you watch a couple of episodes and they do tie together, and they leave you wanting to figure out what's going to happen next and how are these people going to handle this? And I thought they handled that really well while still being a heartwarming, sweet television show.
1: Yeah. It wasn't so sweet that it was syrupy.
2: No, no. You
1: know, they, they kept it, you know, as real for lack of a better term Uh as they could, right. You know, without getting, and, used to play in words, but it didn't get preachy either.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. In fact, when he preached, it was terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, probably appropriately so.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, my final pick. Yeah. I have, I have four things still written down. Okay. And I have to pick... <laughs> what what do I want yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go oh Gomer <laughs> so, so here you go this is a, this is an ensemble uh, TV show
0: uh-huh
1: and uh, again has a relationship to one of my other TV shows okay that I already have on my network okay but uh, yeah ensemble. It, uh, not set in New York.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, a group of people that, uh, you know, had common goals. Okay. But didn't necessarily, uh, always get along. So there's some inter drama between them. Uh huh. And, uh, And with some of them, not even a whole lot of trust. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, again, well done and, uh, well acted and well, well drawn because it's an animated show Okay. and I'm going with justice league.
2: Okay. Now you say justice league and I automatically am thinking super friends. So you're going to have to help me out. Because... No, this
1: was the Justice League that uh, came out uh, after Batman: The Animated
2: Series. Okay,
1: and it was actually, I think, produced by the same guy, Bruce oh. Timm. Okay, so it had the same style of art, but now you had, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, Flash, Green Lantern. Okay, you know, Aquaman, the whole <laughs> the whole gambit of. Of people. It would have been once cool that show got canceled, live they live. actually started a new one called Justice League Unlimited.
2: Okay, now that and I've seen just, some of.
1: Yeah, and that one, they just opened it up to every hero they could think of.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's some
1: it's hawk lady that in show. that. But Justice League was primarily just...
2: Uh, the heavy hitters?
1: Yeah, the, the classic team, mm-hmm. when you think of the Justice League. Right. And... Uh, so, but they they did a good job of showcasing everybody's major villains, you know, and even having those villains team up sometimes, okay, to to make even bigger threats. And yeah, it, again, one of those is it, just well done, and it and it stands the test of time really well. Okay, and yeah, I still watch
2: them. All right,
1: well, I'll have to look that. I kids watch them.
2: Sure, yeah, my kids would be very happy to watch that with me if that was one I picked up. So, right, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into that. That's that's a solid pick. That's that's something I would be interested in checking out now. So, if I was flipping through the channels and saw that on, I'd probably hang out and see what it was about. So, especially with that art style, I would immediately recognize the Batman: The Animated Series art style.
1: Yep, and they used uh, Kevin Conroy mm. as the voice. Okay. So you had that uh, same connection.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I like it. I, I'm going to round my my list out, I guess, with unsurprisingly a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just how it fell. I think I've got, <laughs> what, one on here that isn't at least largely a comedy? Uh, two I guess. American Gladiators was funny, but not meant to be.
1: Well, but <laughs> to your... To your, to your defense. You tried to get out of the comedy <laughs> Yeah, I did. I just I just snagged them out from underneath you. Yeah.
2: you <laughs> Babylon 5 and ECW. Yep. <laughs> this show has nothing to do with ECW or with outer space. But, like I said, it's a comedy. It's It follows a family of a couple of uh, the husband and wife are both well-to-do, high, high-powered, well-paying professions, and, and it was it was genuinely funny, and it's one that I have watched with my family, I've watched it with with my kids, and it holds up, and it's it's sweet, and it's funny, and it's clever, and certainly at the time it was groundbreaking, but this is this is a a show that took uh, a guy who was a very successful stand-up comedian. And played him off as a very effectively as a loving husband and as a doctor. And his wife was a loving, caring wife who also happened to be a lawyer. And their kids would get all in, into all kinds of trouble, but trouble you could actually see happening. It was it was just a great show. I really enjoyed it. I'm talking about the Cosby Show.
1: Great. Took me until just towards the end before I guessed what it was, <laughs> but yeah, yep, it was a, that was much CTV,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that was one of the other anchors mm. that for uh, for NBC. Okay, on that uh, Thursday night, Cosby Show, Friends, and something else, but yeah, it, it was another one of those uh, anchors that they had, and you know, Bill Cosby.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: it's just he can make some of the simplest stuff seem funny yeah yeah you know <laughs> all
2: you have to do is say jello cap- all you have to do is say jello pudding pop and everybody starts making the face and doing the little dance
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know but he could he could uh, you know you just give, give him the situation and yeah. he's gonna find where the funny is in it
2: that's right he's great at that And
1: yeah, it was a great show, and I personally enjoyed watching it. I watched it from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think I made it all the way through the end of it, but uh, certainly the first several years, first several years, I I was in front of that TV.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like a lot of shows that had that window where it was at its best, and it was. Probably maybe halfway through the second season through maybe the fifth or sixth season. And then it started getting weird as some of the cast left. Right. They, and they'd really played out all the ways that they could be funny together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it was great for a long
1: time. Yes. Yes, it was. And, yep, that's, that's a great pick. And, uh, there's another one where. If I'm just passing through and I'm, nothing's really on that I would plan on watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh, let's see what episode of Cosby's on. <laughs> oh, oh, it's this one. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. You said you still had a few things on your list that, that didn't make it. Uh, just quickly, which ones did did not make your top eight?
1: Well, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay uh wCw money Nitro okay yep <laughs> um the outer limits oh sure yeah not not the old old one uh-huh. but the one that they did in the 90s okay it was an anthology type of a show
0: mm-hmm. and uh, some really
1: really great stuff they okay. they really did some quality sci-fi uh stuff in that show cool um then there's a whole smattering of shows that I couldn't use that I desperately wanted to.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> they were newer than 2004?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a
2: host of those. I, I was sitting here looking up shows like that, that uh, that I'm like, wait, is this one old enough? I'll use this for number eight. And no, that, that ended in 2007. I, I, I almost
1: wanted to ask you if i could use the episodes that were older (laughs) (laughs) because i could get the first five seasons of the west wing
2: (laughs) okay okay (laughs) yeah i i had a bunch of them and and so maybe maybe we'll do that sometime in the future where we take shows that uh that had to be in that time frame, or something like that. But because, um, yeah, there was I, just just while we were talking, I looked up three or four different ones. It was like, oh, th- doesn't work. None of them worked. So right. I ended up going with my original list. But but ones that were on my list that I didn't didn't include for this, uh, I, ha- I actually had a Star Trek on here. I had Deep Space Nine. It was the yeah. only one that I I liked. I had the the game show Press Your Luck. Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I loved that one. Big money, big money, no whammy. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And
2: then also in the in the game show genre, a double dare, which I enjoyed from Nickelodeon. Okay. Uh, The commish. Oh yeah, that was a good one. I liked the uh, the old Flash television show. Yes. <laughs> and I've got so did I. yeah, it was a good one. And I, you know, I'm not even a, a DC guy, but but I I enjoyed that. It was back then you didn't have a whole lot of options for superhero shows, and that one was right. decent. So uh, I had Boston Public. Okay. Another one of those almost a soap opera, <clears throat> and then and then the Highlander.
1: Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. That that show almost made my list. I didn't write it down, but it was one of those I was had in my back pocket in mm-hmm. case you started stealing
2: stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It went the other direction this time. It uh, seems like
1: uh, another one. If uh, if things were went south for me, was going to be the Incredible Hulk. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah. Bill Bixby. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's that's a show that I thought of all the time when I was in Grand Rapids because in. There's, you know, when you go to different places, they just get a certain slew of license plates. Right. And when you're driving around Grand Rapids, you'll see dozens and dozens of license plates that have BXB. And so I think Bixby. And so <laughs> that I think of it. So, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> now you'll think of that show more often, too. <laughs> right. But uh, why don't you go ahead and give a run through of what actually made your your eight shows for your Nick at night show, your Nick at night channel. What's your, what's your main lineup?
1: Okay. My, my, my lineup is a uh, ECW TV, Batman, the animated series, Firefly, MASH, Babylon five, Buffy, the vampire slayer, Xena, warrior princess, and justice league.
2: All right. And my, my lineup is Friends, Seinfeld, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Lois and Clark, the Jamie Kennedy Experiment, American Gladiators, the one that ended in 96, not the Hulk Hogan version, Seventh <laughs> Heaven, and The Cosby Show. So that is our draft. If you'd like to talk to us about the draft, hit us up on Twitter. I am at and Bill.
1: I am at Deck 69
2: Yep. You can also email us at the draft Podcast at hotmail.com. And, you know, you could always mail us something if you can find out where we live. But <laughs> we are prepping for the next draft. Draft number 10. We hit double digits. And what are we drafting, Bill?
1: Okay, in this draft, we're gonna be the owners of a movie theater complex. Okay. And we have I'm gonna eight seems like a pretty good number. Ten seems like it would be too much. Okay. But we we have eight screens. Okay. And we can put any movies in there that we want. Okay. With with this catch. Okay. You can only have two movies of the same genre.
2: Hmm.
1: So you have to have at least four different genres.
2: Okay. All right. We'll have to talk about uh, maybe what constitutes a different genre, because something can be sci-fi and a comedy. And so we'll have to figure out, like, if I classify something that's a sci-fi and a comedy as a sci-fi do I then get to comedies how does that play
1: yeah well we'll have to flesh that out some but uh, i i think i think it, your general gut feeling uh-huh that if you said the name of the movie to someone yeah and, and their first instinct was either comedy or sci-fi uh-huh that's what you would classify it as. That's like if fair. I said spaceballs. Right. I say comedy.
2: Oh, for sure. For <laughs> you sure. You know what
1: I'm saying?
2: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, that that helps. That makes sense. Most movies will be one or the other. It lean that, that, that direction.
1: You know, that way we're both not trying to get you know eight superhero movies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, Iron Man's funny. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> so you got Robert Downey Jr. in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I like that a lot. So, so superheroes is a genre then, and then so we could also have two action movies besides.
1: Um, you could. That would. Again, we'll, we'll probably have to talk that to over a little bit.
2: I like the catch, though. I like that that it forces us to not just do a bunch of the same kind of of movie.
1: Exactly.
2: I like that. And so, you get first pick. I do, and I honestly don't know what it's going to be. So that's going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to putting this list together and possibly having it destroyed again. Right. So All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you Bill for joining me. Looking forward to the next one and hope y'all enjoyed this one. We'll catch you next time. Hey, it's Adam again. This is a few days after we recorded, but we got an email Again, after we recorded, from our good buddy Toadman. So I wanted to read that to you because he had a list for our Nick at Night channels. So here's his list for Toadman's Nick at Night channel. Number one, his number one pick, Matlock. Number two, Columbo. Number three, you can probably see it coming, Murder, She Wrote. Number four, Father Dowling Mysteries. Number five, Diagnosis Murder. Number six, Jake and the Fat Man. I don't see a number seven on this list, so we'll assume that uh, there's a good reason for that. Number eight, Rockford Files. Number nine, Sue Thomas, FBI. Maybe we could put Simon and Simon in there, number seven. Number ten says the last show would be a brand new show that consisted of a super team made up of the characters of the nine previous shows. Basically like a super friends of old people solving mysteries. If any of those actors are dead, they will be CGI'd in or out of context footage from their shows will be edited in to make it look like they were really there. There's not an old person alive that could resist watching that show. In fact, they'll start living longer just through sheer force of will so they'll be able to see the next episode. Probably right. That, that would actually get watched very well. There'd be lots of people. <laughs> I think I would want to see that just, just for uh, its sheer train wreck value. But thank you for the email, Toadman. Wanted to make sure we got that out to you. If you want to email us, the email address is thedraftpodcast at hotmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will catch you next time.